I'm in the kitchen, you in the kitchen. You ain't cooking up. We cooking up, chopping up. DK. Please, back again. Bonus episode. <laughs> yes, bonus episode, I said. Chopping it up. Second season, episode seven. Special guest, my brother Fonte. So I'm glad y'all uh back in with me tonight at 8 p.m. for the bonus episode. Um, we just finished with Bodega Bams earlier. Um, like I said, we have first season up on all DSPs and on podcasts on Vivo, all 20 episodes, and season two is up on DSPs as well. Um, please share, subscribe, you know, rate, comment, support, all that good stuff, you know. Special shout out to my executive producer, Mika, you are the best. Shout out to my brother, Myron, Adam, the team in the, in the building. I see everybody tapping in. It's good to see y'all. Yes, this is episode seven. Just waiting on my brother to tap in and we be getting ready to go. Ah, and as soon as I say his name, there he goes, man. Y'all say what's up to my brother, Fonte. Say hello. Oh, <laughs> what's <laughs> Let me set this joint right. Let me. Yeah, I see you, bro. Yeah. All right, y'all. Y'all see me? Y'all hear me good? Like sounds. Yeah. Yes, we do. All right, cool. We All do. good. Yo, Fonte, thank you so much, man. I I know you've been a busy man, and I know you got things to do. I know you like Bay Bro been been bugging me, but yo, you came through in the fourth <laughs> quarter, man, bro. I, I appreciate you, man. Nah, it's all good, man. It's all good. I, I know, I, you know, I'm, I'm always down for whatever you're doing. And so I, I knew I was going to do it, but I was just like, I, I got to figure out how the hell I'm going to fit it <laughs> into my time. But, um, but you know, any anything you doing, bro, I'm there. So, bro, I'm, I'm so gracious for your time. Like I said, like, man, you already know what it is, man. Let me go ahead and properly introduce you if that's okay. Have at it. This is your show, All right, man. let's go. All right, let's go. Founding member of Little Brother, as well as a member of another classic group, the Foreign Exchange. He's also connected to some of your phrase with production and, you know, TV credits such as Black Dynamite, VH1 Special, The Breaks, and personal favorite of mine, Sherman Showcase. And also for the baby, Sesame Street, too. Um, I can go on and on with this man's, uh, you know, particulars that he has out here, his achievements. Um, without further ado, you know, my brother, Pastor Tigolo, everybody, please welcome Fonte to Chopping It Up with the Conduit. What's going on, y'all? How y'all doing? Peace, peace. Thank you for having me, man. Good, brother. How, how have you been, man? I know you've been busy, so. Man, you know, let, be, let, I'm going to be real with you, bro. Yeah. This has been the greatest vacation I've ever had. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, well, I'll, I'll be, I'll be this has been the greatest guilt-free vacation. You know what I mean? Okay. You know, when, you know, when you work for yourself, it's always a time where, you know, you 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 try to take that time to vacate or just kind of decompress. But I would feel guilty about it because every right. time, like me and my wife took a trip or something, and you know, she having fun, but I'm just like, yeah, this is fun, but I'm always thinking about work I got to do back home. Like, shit, I could be, I could be mixing this song, I could be writing this, I could be doing that. But um, mm -hmm. COVID, man, it just really um gave me the opportunity just to really slow down. And uh, yeah, I think for a lot of people, it just gave us opportunity just to really to think about the people we wanted to be once all this shit is over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it was a time of transformation for me, man. Just, um, you know, just really 
just having quiet and just yeah. being to just sit and examine my life in a way that um I never had time to before. Right. And so, so I it's it's been a blessing for me. I mean, it was a twenty twenty. I mean, it was a tough year. You know, it was a year of a lot of loss. Uh, year of a lot of change. Yeah. And it was you know it was painful in in many ways. But um, but you know by grace of God, you know um, we, me and my family, we all healthy. We never caught yeah. COVID. None of that. Um, you know we've been staying healthy, staying safe. Um, and you know, which I've still obviously been able to make a living. So, you know, yeah. still been able to work and, um, yeah, I just took this time just to kind of reset, refresh and, um, you know, just rebuild myself for what's to come. Sure. I, man, I can definitely tell this year has been a reset for, you know, a lot of us, you know, you, you tapped in with me and you actually said that you can see the change where I, I've taken, so to speak, and mm -hmm. what we're trying and what I'm trying to do. And, you know, it's like I say, it's always good to have a blessing, you know, from you because, you know, you're definitely one of the realists out here. I, I feel, you know, who personally I can actually touch. Thank you. To, and, you know what I'm saying? And, and that's not being biased. You know what I'm saying? Because we always talk about personal connections from you know, the loss of our fathers due to cancer and just, you know, in general family, you know, love. And, and it's just the things that, you know, I correlate, you know, through your music that correlates with me. So, you know, I wanted to personally tell you before I started it up, this off, you know, you're in my top three, Fon. Uh, oh, man. No, no, that's, <laughs> that's you know, I, I might get some haters or whatever, but, you know, there's, there's things that you talk about that the everyday man goes through. And we're talking about relationships. You know what I'm saying? Worried about work, worried about your family, you know, worrying about what the next move is going to be. You understand what I'm saying? And the way you mix it up with rhyme, but then also, you know, with a beautiful voice, you know, it, it just, it encompasses everything for me. So I just wanted to personally tell you this, you know, before we started. Man, that means a lot. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. That's what's up, Fonte. So, all right, let's let's get this jumping because, you know, everybody definitely knows the history of, you know, Little Brother and so on and so forth. But I want to jump to 2018. Sure. The Article Festival in Durham, North Carolina, okay? Where yeah. Nas and Badu did, you know, Erica Badu did perform. But the highlight was, you know, the Little Brother reunion. You know, how did that come to fruition? Was it by fate or was that planned? It was not planned at all, man. It was, you know, when I tell people, it was truly, you know, it it happened in God's time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know, this was something that, you know, we had all been in, uh, taught me, Pooh and Ninth, I mean, by this point in our personal lives, you know, we were all friends, we were talking, like we were cool, you know what I mean? So it was all, it was all love. And um, they, uh, my, my man Suleiman, who uh, runs the Article Festival. Right called me and he was just like, yo, Royce misses flight. <laughs> you know, can you do it? And I'm like, oh shit, man. This is, I'm like, when you need me, he like, it's in like a few hours, you know? Wow. Damn, nigga. All right. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, so that was that. So I reached out and I called uh, my, you know, called my DJ Flash, school DJ. Yeah. He was up. So then I called Knife. I'm like, yo, because me and Knife, we were hanging that previous night. And so uh, I'm like, yo, man, 
they hit me, Suleiman want me to do this joint, do a solo gig, would you DJ for me? And he was like, yeah, I'll, I'll DJ for you. And I was like, well, man, well, why are we talking? I mean, you know, since you DJing for me, I said, like, you know, I think it'd be crazy if we got Pooh involved, you know what I mean? And he was like, oh, that's, oh, that's crazy. You ready for that? You you ready? Wow. Oh, man, I think this should be dope. You know, this is uh, something that, um, you know, it, it, it was it was really just a gift to our city. I said, I just don't, I can't think of any other time we would have this opportunity to just really surprise our our fans in, in the city where we, you know, where we came up in, you know, got our musical start. You right. know, uh, it was just be a beautiful gift for people. And um, he he reluctantly agreed. I don't know. I, 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 I don't think he really wanted to do it, but I think he just kind of skittishly like, all right, I'll do it. But, but you know, we did it. We called Pooh Pooh. You know, he comes down, you know, from from Charlotte. He was real. Pooh was really the, the real MVP of that of that story because he. Oh, wow. He had to make it from Charlotte to Raleigh. I mean, he made that shit in record time. You know what I mean? So, um, so yeah. So that was it. But, uh, but yeah, we did it. We went off, and yeah, it was. Uh, I didn't. When I believe me when I tell you, when I started my day that day, yeah, last thing on my mind was performing. Performing with yeah. little, I mean, that was just something. Yeah, you you could have told me aliens was coming. I would have believed that before I believed <laughs> I was at age with my brothers again performing. Like I never, I never envisioned that. Wow. All right. So let, let, I mean, let's fast forward because in 2019, you know, in Washington D.C., we were fortunate to have little brother, you know, perform at the historic Howard Theater. Yes, indeed. You know what I'm saying? And going into 2020, I know the store was, you know, the tour was still moving strong. But of course, you know, like we said earlier, COVID came through and halted everything. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, is is there anything that you miss about you know the live experience? Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> I miss nothing at all. <laughs> nothing. I don't miss none of that shit, bro. I swear to you. Like, you know, it, it's it's so hard. You know, I think. Um, I think it's hard for people, you know, to to understand, you know, just as a, I, I read a quote some years ago mm -hmm. and, you know, it, it really stuck me. And this guy, he was saying the war of an artist and I'm paraphrasing this. I could be butchering it. But the basic idea was that the central conflict in an artist is the desire to say something. Yeah. And the desire to hide. And I was like, motherfucker, like that is mm. ooh, like. That yeah. hit home. Oh my God. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. you know, for me, man, it's I've um I think I've always just kind of, you know, felt that conflict in that. And and I think and, and I talk to other artists, I mean, to varying degrees, we all kind of have it, but you know, yeah, there's a there's a sense of you have to have some kind of ego to a degree as an artist, because right. essentially what you're telling yourself is A, I have something to say, and B what I have to say is important and it needs to be heard by other people. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I mean, if I was just wanted to write for the sake of writing or, or rap or whatever, I could have albums sitting on my hard drive and no one would be the wiser, but we release it because that is the, in my mind, that is the, how you close the cycle of creation. It, it mm -hmm. isn't finished until it's released because mm -hmm. when the art is released, it goes to everyone else. And then it belongs to them and something right. can be in your mind. It can exist in your space and it means something to you. But once you release it to the world, that shit takes on a whole nother. Yeah. 
<laughs> because now it belongs to the people. And so now right. they're going to process it and it's going to mean something to them, you know, and, and you gotta, you have to live with that, you know? So, so, you know, there's, there's definitely that part of me that I want to create and I want to release these things, but then there's very much the other side of me that I'm very much a hermit and very yeah. much just enjoy being by myself. I mean, you know, me and you talk a lot of times, you know, like I don't yeah. do a lot. Like I was just hopping on, I, like, Nigga, yeah, I know. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you know what I mean? So you know, so there's definitely that part of me that is just um I just I don't miss it. So when it came to the road, you know, um that was something that, you know, I, I began to understand once I started touring. I understood why so many artists had mental health issues, either mm. issues that were created by the road or they were exacerbated. They already had previous issues, you know, pre-existing, and then the road just exacerbated that shit. You know? Right. So you know, for me, man, yeah, I just realized I'm like, yo, dude, like just waking up in a new place every morning, like that shit is not healthy. It's not what it is. <laughs> nah, like that's not you know what what I think what people think touring is, and and I'll be clear, you know, it don't matter if your little brother if you the foreign exchange right if you're beyonce if you're whoever the road kicks everybody's ass it's the road is a is a toll on everyone even if you on a beyonce level or just a top top artist level um where you know you got all the the trimmings the chef the this the that or whatever right I'm, look, I, it just ain't nothing like waking up in your own bed in your, in your own, own bed you know what i mean like i don't give yeah. a damn like i don't you know so so for me man um i think that's just the thing I, yeah I, it's hard for people to understand they're like but you perform so well and we love your shows and i'm like yeah i, I appreciate that and i love you know uh because y'all paying us to see it i want to give y'all y'all money worth and i'm exactly. gonna <laughs> but um <laughs> but best believe uh if i had the choice between doing this or you know being at home just working on music and just writing right. um that's where the, that's the what you finish, joy comes. Yeah. That's that's what that's what drives me to do it. So no, short no, I do not miss the road. I don't miss those. I don't miss the travel. I don't miss the planes. I don't miss the fucking five o'clock lobby calls. I don't miss the fucking continental breakfast and shit. None of that. But nigga, they have all that shit, bro. I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> like I get listen, brother. I wake up. Yeah. Um, I have my little breakfast. No, I have my eggs. My wife make me some eggs, whatever. I have right. my oatmeal. I do my walks. You know, I we have dinner. Me and my family, we have dinner. Yeah. And my nigga, I come up here and I get to work in the studio and I just live my life. You know, comforts of home. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me let me segue into this because you know between little brother, the foreign exchange, you know, sharing space with other artists. You know, what I'm saying, what was mm -hmm. the process you went through? you know finding your voice as a solo artist man uh it was it was tough i mean you know and i and i still think um i i feel i, I still don't know if i found it found it yet but i, I think yeah. i'm probably closer uh than i've ever been you know as close as i've ever been to, to finding it but uh but nah man um so the thing with, with with me as a solo artist you know the people they would ask like, why did it take so long for you to do it and whatever you know, man, between Little Brother and the Foreign Exchange, I was pretty much getting out everything I wanted to say. You know, right. um, a lot of times in a group, 
like if you take a a, a, a gang star for example where Cream would do all his solo. He would do all his work, his production for other people. But then uh, Guru would have Jasmine Taz. Like, that was his right. thing, you know? Right. Uh, and, and those things are necessary, I think, to, to keep a healthy group dynamic because, I mean, it's like a marriage. It's like, listen, we're married. We're in this thing together. But I got to have something that's mine. There's still just some parts of me that these are things I want to do for me, you know? And Balance balance 100 percent. i gotta have these things because if i can do these things on my own that just makes me even stronger when i come back to the group you know what i mean right. so uh, so but between little brother and the foreign exchange i really <laughs> i had everything like i wanted to say i'm like i right, little brother this is my rap shit right you know, like, foreign exchange this is my soul songwriting shit like i'm right. like, oh so then in like 2011 um Charity starts at home. Yeah, man. I keep, yo, I keep telling you, man, that thank man. you. Man, thank go you. ahead, bro. Nah, nah, bro. That record, yeah, that was um that's a favorite for a lot of people. And I and I yeah. go off for listening. Yeah, that was um yeah, that was that came from a hard place. So I was in the middle of uh I was actually in the middle of a divorce uh, when that record came out. Like I was mm. dead. I was like so um that record and um I also referred to the foreign exchange our third album authenticity which was 2010 that was right. 20 and uh charity was 2011. that was just really um they were just really just bookends for me of just a chapter of my life you know what i mean mm. closing and um you know and it was it was rough you know what i mean i was like i think you know what as i now understand i think i was i was very depressed um at that time you know what i mean just in terms of uh not knowing I always thought of depression as like sadness and like, you know, you think of it as being just this, 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 you know, Oh, I'm so sad, you know, but, uh, in talking like to my therapist and stuff, and she was saying that, you know, in men, a lot of times depression can show up in a different way. It can show mm. up, show up as irritability. You know what I mean? It may not be just, you're sad. You right. can be fully functioning and, and, you know, producing and everything, right. but, Oh, it's just a something you just feel something is off and looking right. back making it out of that fog i see like yeah man i was i was really like in pain and uh but but the record you know it was it it helped me kind of cope through that and i was just like well shit, man i gotta tell the truth like i can't be fronting about this shit. <laughs> i mean it i mean it, it honestly i think it helped a lot it helped a lot of men but i think it helped a lot of black men in general because you know the it's usually the the image put out there that you're either always clubbing you always got the bottles you got the <laughs> models the fast cars and you don't you understand what i'm saying it's always that like a, it's like an everyday cycle but for me as a working man you know you know living you know trying to you know survive check to check so on and so forth you know you talked about those things that's why i talk about you know, you being one of my favorite MCs because thank you so much. You speak, you speak on things that actually resonate with real people. You understand what I'm saying? So it it, it just it, you know your music holds a special place in in my heart for me. That's why. Thank you, brother. Yeah, um, you know, man, that was something that uh, I think uh, just you know, as a kid growing up, when I would when I started doing records and you know, and I just got into hip hop, um. I think 
one of the key things I saw, like, you know, Big Daddy Kane was probably my favorite MC at the beginning. And, um, you know, when I first got into record, the first hip hop show I went to, my uncle, he took me to the uh, Fresh Fest at Greensboro Coliseum. And mm. it was DMC, Houdini, and Fat Boys. Yeah. And like, I, he took me to that show and I was like, holy shit. And so at that time in my life, you know, LL, Run DMC, those dudes, I mean, they were like fucking superheroes. You yeah. know, that was something that just did not even seem possible. In right. my mind. That was something that was just, I mean, that was like Mount Rushmore type shit. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's not, that just didn't happen for people like me, you know? So, um, from, from where I came from. So they were just gods. But then when Tribe came along and mm. they, when I saw that, that was when I kind of saw I'm like, you know what? I can't be this. Like, I right. can't, like, this big, larger than life thing. Like, that's just not me. Right. But Tribe, Daylight, Jungle. I'm like, yeah, this, like, this is, I can do this. Like, because this is more uh, in tune to the core of who I am. Mm -hmm. Your speed. Yeah, you know, and that was and that was kind of why I saw it, and and that music just you know it grabbed a hold of me, and you know, and it never let go, and um, that was kind of where I realized, and even when we were doing minstrel show, we were we were mixing uh, the minstrel show in a uh, baseline, and uh, Q Tip he pulled up on us, Q Tip and uh, and Method Man, they came through one night. I'll never get this shit. Uh, wow. <laughs> they came, and uh, we were mixing, and you know they was playing the joints. You know what I'm saying? We playing joints. They in there vibing with us and shit. And yeah. you know, and I thank Tip and I played him because we had a song on the album called Still Lives Through. And I remember like asking him, like, yo, bro, we calling it Still Lives Through. Like, you you good with it? He was like, nah, bro, I love yo, I love this shit. Yo, yo, phone, yo, y'all Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yo, yeah, yo, y'all, yo. He and I never get so he's like, yo, you know what I'm saying? Just never forget, Fonz. It's always it's way more niggas like us than it is niggas like them. Mm. And I never forgot, <laughs> you know, he was all he was just saying, you know kind of what you were saying about just kind of talking about real life. It was like, listen, it's more of us just living a regular life, just working men day to day, just doing what we do kind of on our blue collar shit than it is people at the top, you know, with the bottles and right. the models and whatever. And there's nothing wrong with it. If that's your life, speak your truth, but never be ashamed to tell your story because your story is just as valid as theirs. And um, exactly. I, I never forgot that. Word. Okay, so in finding your voice, did that help you open up to other creative creative outlets such as television it did not barred me man it's all good man it's good to get your girl <laughs> on get your god degree on boy yeah bro um <laughs> i've been like eating healthier and shit like i didn't drop like, like i've been dropped i been probably down like 11 12 pounds whatever since the start of the year like but i'm eating a lot like earlier i don't eat you know late at night anymore late. yeah i, I did yeah. that so I'm trying to damn, you know, get this expensive jeans. Nigga, listen. <laughs> so yeah, bro. But um, yeah, finding my voice. So I think um, in terms of TV, um, the thing I learned that was a big lesson for me when I got into TV, and I talked about this on Combat Jack. Right. Uh, you know, rest in peace. Yeah, you know rest I mean? in peace. Rest in peace. Um, when I talked to him, you know, um, when I did this part. You know, man, the thing I learned was that in the movie business and TV business or whatever, you can get so far if you just deliver. You know what I'm saying? And there's mm -hmm. such 
it's such a big gulf between there's a lot of people that want to do it there's a lot of people that want to do music for tv film whatever but right and they're musically talented but they can't fucking deliver you know what i mean right um i think when i first started in the game when we first started you know, with lb this was the first thing that we saw so we had no frame of reference again we coming from durham north carolina so right we had no frame of reference as to what the music business looked like we had no frame of reference as to what a tour looked like we just walked into this shit just blind and was just like mm. so our first tour we toured with hyro shout out to you know my brother hyro loving dudes man word, word. first tour we did 40 cities in 50 days so you know, and, and I'm just looking at the tools, I'm like, okay, this is what we're doing. Like, we didn't think at all that just right. how it was thing that was, right? But we did it. And so then when I got to Atlantic and, like, you know, we would talk to, you know, artists and they would show us other artists' tour schedules and them niggas would be like, all right, Monday we in Atlanta, Tuesday, Wednesday we off, Thursday we in Louisiana or some shit, off, then we in Miami on Friday, Right, y'all for a week, and then we come back. I was like, man, y'all niggas soft, bro. Like you, we could have done with y'all motherfucking ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we was goddamn going to get it. You know what right. I mean? Right, going to get so, it. So I just didn't. I, but that was the way we came in the game. So the same right. thing when it came to recording. Um, you know, we didn't have like the best equipment. We didn't have like the best whatever. We didn't have. We couldn't afford to like pay people to mix or whatever. So we just had it in our mind when you went into the studio when you walked out that night that was the song that was you know? it that was it you know yeah. it's like, so whatever you want to do whatever mixing whatever little fly delay whatever you want to add you know we we had to have it in our mind that once we walked out of that studio we had to get it right because that was the only opportunity we had and no one was coming to kind of save us we had to get it perfect right there right. and so you know i think just in my mind that those practices i didn't realize at the time but those practices were just preparing me for tv work in a way that i think nothing else could because you know there would be i would get assignments or stuff and people be like you know like shit. just last year we did a, um me and my partner zoe uh shout out to my brother yeah, zoe. Big zoe. yeah man shout out yeah. my brother's my production partner you know we uh we got a call like you know we were doing sherman showcase shout you know my brother diallo and bashir yeah. and the whole sherman showcase family yeah, sherman showcase yeah yeah man so they hit us for it's uh he diallo he calls me and this is like classic diallo and he's like yeah man um so yeah man i got this the song we need this john legend song for this father's day special and i'm just like okay when do you need it and of course they need the shit yesterday right, right. <laughs> that's so, always the case always bro always <laughs> <laughs> Hey, bro, cool. I I got you. And so right. up, did it. And um, but that came from that training, just being able to just just being in the studio. I mean, with LB, like we used to just cut records like fucking madmen, dude. Mm. And having that training helped me, uh, just you know prepare for. You know, we talk about you know ask about finding my voice and everything. That work and that training helped prepare me for TV and stuff. Yeah. And also, other end, it was you know it was reflexive. So TV also made me uh, a more confident and a stronger songwriter because i i didn't take things as personal you know when you when i was younger you know i would take rejection very personally which i think a lot of you know artists yeah. you know uh I, I would take it very personally and 
once you're in TV working stuff, it's just like you you might I mean, dude, you might write fucking three, four cues before you get to the right one that they pick. You know what I mean? Right. And it doesn't mean that if they don't like this, it doesn't mean that you suck. You're the worst songwriter ever. You're whatever. It just means, hey, this didn't work. Just give us something that does work. And right. and and that just opened my mind and just, you know, just completely stripped any fear of rejection or anything because my mentality now is like, there's always another song. Always. So, uh, always. I, I, so um, I mean, that's crazy. So, I mean, how did you, so how did that make, you know, make you come, in, you know, involved with Black Dynamite or VH1's The Break? But man, then I want, but then I want to talk about your comedic genius, man, with Sherman <laughs> Showcase. Bro, I always tell you, man, like, I think you should be doing stand up sometimes, man, because. <laughs> Listen, bro. Stand-up comedians are the bravest people in the fucking world. Right. That is the hardest art form by far to do. And it's something that people think that you can be. It's one thing to be nigga at the cookout funny. Right. It's another thing to be, hey, I pay a hundred dollars funny. Okay. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay. like, like we can be sitting out back in my crib. We drinking on something, smoking on something, and nigga, we right. just shooting shit in this place. Like, that is a completely different dynamic than a cuz I paid hundred dollars for these tickets and you know all this and that. Hey, make me laugh. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's really hard, you know. But um, but yeah, man. So with the breaks, uh, well, I go at uh, Black Dynamite. Yeah. Black Dynamite was um, that was my man Carl Jones. Um, because of Carl Jones, he is, um, he was a showrunner for that show and he, well, shit, you know what? Let me go back. It's because Black Dynamite goes, starts even before that. Um, right. Carl Jones was a writer on, uh, the Boondocks. Mm -hmm. He was a writer on the Boondocks and Carl, he was a Greensboro guy. Now that's my hometown, Greensboro, North Carolina. So he, he was a Greensboro guy and I didn't know him from Greensboro, but you know, I just knew, I was like, oh shit, you from the crib, word up. So it was kind of that connection. So Aaron okay. Magruder at the time, he was on, I mean, this is back in the MySpace days, bro. So I had did, I'd done this, uh, like a gospel version of, uh, catch a Freeman, the, the, well, the, the uncle Ruckus don't trust them new niggas over there. I did right. like a gospel quartet version of that joint. <laughs> and it was just some fucking round shit. I just did it and like whatever. And so right. I hit Magruder up on MySpace and I was like, yo, bro, like I, I was like, I, I didn't even know if it was him. I'm like, yo, I don't, you know, I'm just gambling. But it was right. really like, yeah, man. I said, I was like, oh shit. So wow. I sent it to him and he was like, yo, this shit is hilarious. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna use it in the show. I said, man, word up, it's all good. So, um, so later on that year, I think I went out there, uh, met with him and and Carl. We watched. He showed me like the, I think it was the end of season two. He showed me the season two. He was like, yeah, man, this is what I've been doing. I was like, yo, this shit is dope. So, um, so then when it came down for the next season, uh, I did. Um, he was like, we got this Catcher Freeman scene, and we want you like to do like another joint, like another right. another version of that. I said, all right, cool. So I did that and that was me in that in that scene. That was my singing in it. So um so that was kind of the start. So then Carl Jones, when he got his own deal, his uh, deal to do Black Dynamite at uh Cartoon Network, um he the guy he hired to do his music, 
was a brother named Fatin Horton. Okay. And uh, Fatin is like, you know, lifetime friend of mine. Fatin, we've known each other since, I mean, since I was like 13. You know what I mean? Okay. Another Greensboro. Another Greensboro. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, man, so that's like, that's that's my man. And uh, he got the, the, the deal. He, he was the music supervisor. So he hit me and was like, hey, man, this is what I got. As always, you know, it's kind of shoestring budget kind of shit. But um, this is what I got. You want to fuck with it? I said, hell yeah, nigga, let's go. So sure. I like those songs, like all the Black Dynamite stuff, like those songs, that was like me and Zoe, like doing all the parody stuff. And like, that's me like singing. Like any of those, a lot of those songs, if you look at those episodes of Black Dynamite, all those cues you hear in the background, um, that's like a lot of that shit is me singing. Oh, wow. All, like, so like the episode of... um. The uh the Bob Marley episode. There's an episode right. that does the Bob Marley thing. Um Chance the rapper, Chance was his they booked Chance to do his uh his speaking voice. Mm -hmm. I did his singing voice. The singing voice, yes. Yeah. yeah, I was Bob's singing voice. And so, you know, that that was just so much fun. I mean, that was just one of those gigs where it's like, yo, I can't believe they're paying <laughs> this because I'm yeah. literally just fucking around with my homies doing shit that we would regularly do just on a fucking whatever. That's usually the best thing. <laughs> that, no, it was so, it was really was the best thing, man. And um, so that led to that, that was Black Dynamite. And we did that for like, I think like two seasons and you know, it was cool. And then um, the breaks came along. Yeah. That, um, shout out again, my brother, Dan Charnis, man. Sure. Uh, Dan is, um, he wrote a book called The, the Big Payback, which, mm. I, if you have not read it, I encourage everyone like checking out this live stream. I mean, it is just one of the greatest hip hop stories ever written. I mean, he just, the, the, way, I, the way I described it when it came out, I told him, I said, man, you're showing us how all the Anakins became Darth Vader. Mm. So like all, all the dudes that you see popping now from Jay Puff, like whoever you want to name, you 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 get to see their origin story. You know, it was right. amazing. I mean, so uh so he wrote this book called The Big Payback. Um VH1 picks it up to make this thing, uh a series called The Breaks. Right. About just um, you know, early nineties hip hop and just the culture at that time and took place in New York City. And um they wanted someone to write rhymes for all the right. show. And, you know, Dan hit me with the opportunity and I was like, I right, well let's fuck it. Let's try. You know what I mean? Right. And then he was like, you know, because you know I'm working with Premier on this. I was like, oh shit, come on, bro. Like, what you saying? Enough for the work. Like, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. So we get into it, man. And um, you know, that was one of those times that, you know, and I just look back over my career, man. That was just one of those opportunities that, you know, I'll never forget, you know, Premi sent me a joint and I recorded it. And I had to write for this character named Um. The, uh, shout out to my brother Antoine Harris, who played Um and just killed that role, and um, really put that work in to learn those rhymes and the mechanics of him saying everything. Big ups yeah. to him. And um, but you know, he he hit me. Cream like, sent me a joint, and he like, yo, this is the joint for Um's. You know, uh, his 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 the song that gets him discovered. I'm like, all right, cool. So I go in again the training. So I go in, I do the record in one night, top to bottom, and like at the end of it, I put some scratches on it, but I did it with my mouth. I was imitating uh, Chuck D's line, uh, once again, back is incredible. And um, I was just doing the cuts with my mouth. Once again, back it, back, 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 back. Like, I was just doing it with my mouth. Right. And so I send it into the reference. I'm just like, look, this is just the idea. I send it, 
I'll, I'll go away. So then I had to rush to get to the airport to then get up there. So I get up there and we get in the studio and this is me and Prince's first time in the studio. And he comes in and he's like, yo, 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 you killed that shit. Yo, you killed that shit. I was like, yo, thank you. Yo, yo, your impressions, bro. <laughs> Yo, yo, man, that's that's what he's like, yo. He's like, yo. And so I'm like, all right, thank you, bro. Thank you. So he's sitting down and he's sitting there. And you know, he's kind of pulling the track up, mixing it. And then he goes to the turntable. And he's like, Yeah, he's like, yo, yo, so I got the yo, I, I got the public enemies when I got it right here. And mm -hmm. I'm just watching this shit and I'm like, yo. He's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it right here. What you think? What you think, Fun? What you think? And I'm just like, hold up, dude. This is DJ Premier asking me my opinion on a song. Like, bro, fuck out of here, dude. Like, what do you like? That was it. Like, that was it. You know, that was that was to me. I mean, that was more so than any money I made off the joint. More so than any whatever. You know what I mean? Just, just to experience. be able to, just the experience, bro. Just to be able to sit in with someone. I mean, I grew up listening to this man's music, reading the back of records praying that one day I could even meet this guy, but now we're working on something together and he's looking at my input and is actually valuing that. Like, man, that meant everything to me. And so right. the breaks was just a beautiful experience, man. It, it was, you know, I, you know, we got kind of cut short and it's, you know, it's TV. That's yeah, the, yeah. The people were kind of uh, upset about that, but we understand you, you still got your influence out there, bro. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I and I'm thankful for it. you know. Big up Seif man, other my brother Seif man. We ended up doing the, uh, me and Seif ended up hooking up later on last year. We did the uh, turn the turn this, we did the turn this motherfucker blue joint uh, for for Georgia and right. We yeah, had we got it blue. So you know, I'm like, hey, word up. But um, but yeah, man. So that was how those opportunities came. It was just from years of just working, building those relationships, and fostering those relationships. And they called me, and I delivered. Word, word. Okay, well. I want to I want to jump to uh no news is good news. Brutally honest and a classic in my in my opinion. You Thank know you. what what zone were you in when you made that beautiful piece of art? And oh, man. what was the inspiration behind expensive jeans because you know that's something that you know we don't talk about. Health. Man. Um expensive jeans. Um that whole record um so, you know, that came out in 2018 and that was, uh, you know, it had been full seven years since my last record. Right. And, um, I probably actually started on that song. I think the first thing I kind of wrote for it, I think was Such Is Life. Such Is Life and Pastor Tiglo, those were kind of the first things, but I started those back in like 2014. And so uh, I started it and then, you know, just, you know, the breaks happened, uh, me and, um, Arrow, we did the Tigolero album shop. My brother Eric Rose. Yes, probably. Yeah, um, peace to Eric, man. Yeah, I was, you know, producing stuff with Zoe and everything, and so I just kind of put it on the back burner because honestly, it just wasn't that important to me. Again, you know, um, I, I me as a solo artist, like I, that was something. It, it was never something that was a priority to me. It was just like, all right, I mean, if I put something out, I put something out. But it's really just, um, it's more the way I describe it. It's it's more form than function, you know, like my solo career, that's just a place for me to just get out ideas. I can play with song structure. I can rap the 32 bars straight. I can, you know, whatever, you know, it's just me yeah. just kind of experimenting. 
but it's not the start of okay this is fonte the solo rap career and the tour and i'm going to learn this shit. so that right. that was the, that was the thing bro <laughs> and so right. yeah. so um so finally i think like 2017 16 17 rolled around and um you know i'll never forget it was like the end of uh end of 2017 like new year's 2018 yeah and I, you know what man i have to just get this out of my life get it out i gotta get it out i gotta finish this just get it out of my life or else it's just gonna hang over me forever i need to finish i'm it. so glad you did ah thank you bro thank you yeah i mean the majority of that record i mean when i really sat down and got to the nitty-gritty just the nuts and bolts of it all um the majority of that record i probably finished up in like three weeks and it was i mean now when i say three weeks i mean it was to date it's probably just as a writing exercise mm. that's probably just the hardest um in terms of just the writing because it's just me you know what i mean it's really just me and so when i finished that record man I, you know it'll be times like i'd be in here just for days just in and i finally come to bed and i'd get up and i mean man that shit felt like it felt like i had been in a fucking fight you know what i mean like i would literally just be sore like i wasn't hardly eating i wasn't hardly showering like i was just devoted just to this thing and yeah. so i had my brother uh my man come in my brother dj cosmos i don't know if he on but shout out to him uh he came to the crib and he set up shop and you know we made some stuff right there he ended up doing find that love again and he did oh that that's my joint right there <laughs> yeah shout out so so many joints on that joint i mean we could talk all day about about that album man just yeah keep it yeah. moving bro thank you bro so yeah so my man dj Kaz came over uh my girl christy a can't christy a came over she's a singer she's all over that album singing little things she's on the lb albums i've collabed with her a lot but it was really just us three in here and they were just kind of like the energy like you know that i was just kind of feeding off of we was just in there just singing yeah. interlude see me shining we was like <laughs> Ohio <laughs> nigga shit and we just sang that shit and just shit like that. So um so that was kind of how the record got finished. And uh expensive jeans in particular, that song, um, I lost my dad. And yeah. my dad died. Yeah. Uh rest he in was, peace. Yeah, rest in peace, man. And um, you know, and we we didn't have a, a really good relationship. I, we didn't have we weren't very close. Mm -hmm. Um, but towards the end of his life, that was when we actually got together and you know, you know, we we're able to talk about some stuff and yeah. you know i mean it ended on good terms it was fine i didn't have no right. anger. but uh but you know but there's still just that thing of like yo this motherfucker died at 54 you know and so it just um became a thing so that was that album came out 2018 so i was like 39 so i was about to hit 40 and, 40 yeah you know and there's always just that looming thought in my mind it's not so much now but i was on my bus and rhyme shits like there's only 14 years left like you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> there's only 13 years left <laughs> right it's yes it's, it's, it's ringing in the back of your head yeah bro i'm like i'm you know and i'm like holy shit, you know because you just don't think about it in terms of um of aging um you know what aging looks like i think in my mind like what aging looks like what we see it on other people like when you look back on, you know, and I, I would think about my mother, you know, my mother, she had me very young. Like my mother was uh, was 15 when she had me. Yeah. And so when you're a kid, 
you don't really see adults. You you don't really think of age. You just you see don't. them as just bigger people, you know? Exactly. So, you think of them as your superheroes. Exactly. You're exactly. naive. You think that they're never going to leave. And they leave, you know? And yeah. you don't see a difference between, okay, if I'm a kid, okay, this is my mom who's 16. This is my grandmother or my aunt who's 40. And this is this person. Like, you don't see a difference. They're just all just bigger people. Right. And so I started getting older, you know, I think I was, you know, I mean, my my son, my boys are 20 and 15. Mm -hmm. and, you know, I look at, you know, my 15 year old, my son, and I look at him and I'm just like, dude, when yeah. my mom was your age, she had me. Right. That's crazy. You know what I mean? And it's just yeah. like, so that just gave it a whole new perspective. So aging was just something that we never really thought about but then once people start passing you get older that's when it kind of starts set in and so expensive yeah. jeans was just a song that um you know i just wrote and i thought it was just as much as i'm talking to other people you know i'm talking to myself as well like, like yo bro you got to clean this shit up we got to stop you know you can't be eating this and that you know what i mean we gotta yeah. we gotta clean this shit up you know what i mean because thank by the by the grace of god i've never had any serious health problems like none like no yeah. My blood pressure, no diabetes, like no none of that shit. And mm. I'm like, I want to keep it that way. <laughs> you know what I mean, I don't yeah. surprises. I feel you. I feel you. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I agree with you 100 on that, bro. Real yeah. talk. All right. So, um, I definitely want to talk about three significant people. You know, I know personally. You know that mean a lot to you. Um, of course, number one, your queen. Mm -hmm. You know, I was fortunate to, you know, to meet, you know, and build with. Um, number two, of course, you know, rapper Pooh, you know what I'm saying? Um, the chemistry the both of you have. And then, uh, you know, number three, another one of my favorites, man, Big Zoe. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't want to, you know, bust this live short. I mean, because there's so many things that you and I can talk about. Oh. Going. There's people with questions and things about that, but I, I just wanted to get to the certain crux of things, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we keep rocking. I'm good. Okay, so if, if we can, you know, you know, your queen, rapper pool, and and the homie Big Zoe, three oh, amazing I, people, definitely. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I saw somebody in the comments like, "What about Nicolay?" I get, we get Nicolay. I get it, but. You know, these are my <laughs> questions. Next time y'all want to send in questions, I I'll holler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So um, so yeah. So I guess uh, you know, for me um, you know, my my wife um, I got married. I got well, you know, remarried. Yes. Twenty seventeen. Right. And um, you know, man, that was just something that um, you know, I never had a blueprint for. Mm. You know, I had no blueprint for marriage you know what it meant to be married what it meant to be a husband like what it meant like what to look for in a wife like i right. i mean i had no clue as to what the fuck i was doing so um so the first time you know my first time i got married i was super young and, you know just i i had no fucking clue right but, but trying uh, to find your way trying to find my way and yeah. trying to find your way just as a man and trying to find your way as an artist and at the same time, trying to build this thing with someone else, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's tough. Like, it ain't too yeah. many 
making out of that, you know. Right. But so you know that failed, and I for a long time, you know, for a very long time after that, you know, I was, I think I was just very kind of jaded and just um, you know, just like damn man, like this shit, you know, because you know when you go through a divorce, it's not so much that it's not just the death of your marriage, it's the death of an idea, because. You know, I stand in here and I say, all right, this is going to be forever. And then it's not. So then you and me to start the question, okay, well, this ain't forever. Then hell, what else ain't right. forever? You know what I mean? Right. So it, it it definitely bring, and I can be a, a naturally kind of a cynical person in some ways, but divorce just took that shit to like overload. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I ain't believe in shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, I, mean, I was out wild. But, um, but after that, man, you know, with, you know, years passed, you know, counseling therapy healing just growing and uh and i met my wife and um you know man the thing the the, the main thing i will say just about that relationship and about my relationship with her you know um the thing i realized is that in order to be with her i had to just be a different person mm. and not a different person in the sense that i gotta just change and just be this new nigga. Nah, i have to become a better person you know what i'm saying right. and right. Uh, you know it would just be times where even you know, like I, I tell those all the time, listen, man, like black women are mirrors. They show you what you show them. Right. So, you know, <laughs> it would be times that, you know, we would be talking and it was just one time, never forget, like we'd be talking about something, just discussing. And, you know, I would just raise my voice and I would never, you know, I'm, I mean, we would never argue or, or like bicker or that's just not our dynamic. I mean, that's never been really my dynamic in any relationship. And I'm not like a, I ain't gonna fight and shit, you know. Right. But having a passion comes like, but no, nah, baby, I'm saying, I mean, we need to do what I'm saying. And she would just shut down. She would just be like, and I'm like, what's wrong? And she was like, babe, she's like, I just when you can't talk, that. I I can't do that. She's like, I just right. I how to respond to you in that way. Right. And that shit just stopped me cold. I was like, motherfucker, because that was the way that my family talked to each other all the fucking time. <laughs> you know, whether it was, you know, take out the trash or whatever, everything was a command. That right. was just the way that, you know, we we spoke and learn behavior. It was it was learned behavior, 100 percent. And so I just learned, how, you know, to, to be with her, for us to just live in harmony. I had to just become a much more intuitive and a much more uh I had I had to I had to become a great a better listener, you know, and I had to just listen. Like you know what, dude, if she's saying something to you, the thought in your mind you can't get defensive and like, oh, but no, nah, I didn't do that. The thought that I had to reprogram myself to think, okay, what is this conflict? What is what is this conflict telling me about our marriage? And through mm. this conflict, what is God trying to teach me about myself? Because there's a lesson in this. There's something in this that I need to learn. And there's a lesson I need to get out of this that's going to help me in better ways. You know what I mean? This, this is going right. to make man. And, um, you know, man, and, and, and listen, I mean, that was, that was it, you know. And, um, you know, one of the things that in particular with her um, that, that I learned was that, you know, because she asked me one time, she's like, well, how would you know that, you know, you, you wanted to marry me? Like, we talked about that. And I said, well. Right. I think I learned that I wanted to marry you. Like she, we went out to eat or something. I think I think right. we went. I think we went like to them to the goddamn Mayflower and shit. Like it's like okay. a, it's a 
it's a it's a uh it's called a mayfly which is automatically is like oh you already know but it's a it's a fish it's like a, a seafood restaurant you know what i mean okay yes yeah. <laughs> i think we went out and i think she reached for something to get something out my plate and bro when i tell you goddamn uh before that if you reached in my plate nigga, what? you would have you would have flipped Ooh, <laughs> i do not play that shit there my nigga. Hey, what? Hey. goddamn motherfucking 10 wings nigga mm. i want a 10 wing experience not nine all not flats. eight all flats you got them better get it right don't fuck with me look i said look man i will right. pay you listen i'll pay double i'll buy you a whole other set of wings just mm. stay at my fucking plate dude i don't you know what I mean? <laughs> and so, so the thing i learned man the thing i had to realize was that you know i'd never thought of myself as a selfish person I was a very giving person. I still am a very giving person. But what mm. I think Harris taught me, I had to become a person that shares. And there's a difference between giving and sharing. To give to someone is a one-time thing. It's, hey, take this, get the fuck away from me. Right. Sharing is something that's ongoing. Right. That was something that I had never really, in my relationships, I, I didn't realize up until now that mm. I didn't was really much of a sharer i was always a, a giver i mean you know whatever you want whatever some shit you want to buy whatever if i got right, it right right whatever get what you want it's whatever right but um, sharing was a different experience a completely different experience so um so that was kind of the thing man so yeah uh her having her in my life has, has certainly uh made me a better person and uh it just um you know we've we've helped each other a lot you know yeah. and you know and she's you know with me and in, in, in everything i do and you know we talk to each other and we share things and we you know i mean it's it's a true it is a true partnership in every partnership yes oh shit, my tone went out but um so yes yeah, i'm sure she's like tired of me yapping about her <laughs> but um but yeah so that was us that's that's my wife i love her she's beautiful she's great all the things yeah all that um but then yeah, um to the corner yeah, yeah peace, peace to her man and, and it's not easy i mean because i'm not you know I'm, I'm not an easy person to be married to so uh so you know salute to her but um but yeah um in terms of um in terms of uh uh zo who was the second person it was it was her and then it was who rapper pooh oh man yeah, yeah. you know what? i'll say pooh for last i'll say because that's yeah like, we'll say pooh for last i'll go to zo um okay. so man you know zo is just someone who you know he's got a new record uh it's coming uh abstractions him and uh, my brother yes. talk him uh our joint called uh, hold my hand is out right now featuring right. me Lucina and darren brockinson that's out um also talking to myself oh. girl gasco uh, yeah. uh love her to death big ups to her her shit is coming as well sure. um but uh yeah man zoe is i mean if there ever was someone that i would consider like just a musical soulmate in that mm. way so is that, you know, yeah. so is yeah. someone who, I mean, if it ever was a thing of just brothers from another, I mean, musically, I mean, we just communicate a lot of times. They don't even be talking. It's just, it's just an understanding. You know what I mean? Like right. before, before I even go to make a musical choice, like he's already there. He's like, yep, mm -hmm. I'm with you. We just, it's amazing. You're in tune. So much in tune, bro. Like yeah. we are so and, and it's a beautiful thing and um just that has blossomed into tv work and just you know just our production work and just you know just we're you know a uh, 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 um production and songwriting team you know yeah 
Um, y'all see Carlita in here. Shout out to uh, my girl, my sis Carlita Ram. Big ups to her. Um, and um, so so now nah, Zoe is just Zoe. That's my brother, man. I mean, me and him. You know, if if I'm going to war, uh, in in musical war, like that's the I want him by my side. Like we not right. in in for him. You know, whatever he do, you know, I'm right there. You know, on it at, at at the ready. So um, yeah, he's just an amazing musician, incredibly yes, awesome. he is. and he always A beautiful soul too, man. Yeah, man. Up Zoe, like your smile. <laughs> yeah, all the, all the ladies love his smile. They love they love Zoe's smile. He is yeah. um Zoe, man. He's the guy. You know, to, to me, that's like something that means so much to me because when Zoe first started with us, you know, he was teaching school. Okay. And, you know, he was teaching school at music at the school, and you know, he's been he got on with us. You know, we did his first record. You know, he started touring with us, and you know, for the past you know nine ten years, he's been supporting his life just off his music, and wow. that to me is like. I mean, bro, like I, that shit means the world to me to be able to give somebody that opportunity, but then for them to also see it and for them to take it to that level, you know, I'm right. so proud. Yeah, Zoe, again, man, uh, Zoe is just someone that I am just extremely proud of, his work ethic, and uh, just, you know, uh, the talent aside. I mean, you know, the talent is, it speaks for itself, but uh, he's just yeah. a brother who really just showed up, did the work, and just kept showing up and he is just to me an example of just tenacity you know what i mean just continuously continuously just showing up putting out project after project um he was one of the only people that really gave me a run of me meeting someone that he will always match or mm -hmm. i work ethic like so if me and him was working on something and he like he might send me something i'm like all right man I'm going to put a vocal on it, and then, you know, you can finish it. He's like, all right, cool. I might not get the vocal down, say it may be 3 in the morning. Right. I 3 in the morning, I'm like, yo, man, I got this down, you know, whatever. I know you probably about to go to bed, but then got down 5 o'clock. You know, I ain't went to bed, bro. I finished this <laughs> shit, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, I was like, all right, I, I respect, you know. So yeah. he's just someone just I, I just love, you know, with all my heart. And, um, you know, it's just – Someone that I will always ride for, root for, and, and be beside. Yeah. Um, in terms of poo, well, I well, I guess I kind of I'll make a two A and two B. Uh, uh, Nicolay, I'm gonna speak on Nicolay. Yes, Nicolay. Uh, yes. Yeah, brother, Nicolay was somebody that um, you know, aside from just being a um, just an incredible musician, Nick is someone who working with him was how I really learned the true meaning of partnership. Mm equity you know um when we first started our label when we first started epi music in 2008 um we had been working on leave it all behind in like 2006 you know mm -hmm. we started 06 you know and uh you know we got some tracks in and you know we actually had meetings with a couple other labels you know what i mean and you know we did the math and was kind of looking at it whatever and um ultimately we decided to do it you know right. okay and so the thing was man like the thing that i just kind of tell people when it, when it comes to the music business, you know, I put out my first record, you know, the listening was 2002 yeah. and then last little brother record was 2007, uh, in get with get back of that, that first wave. Right. So that five year span, that four or five year span, I had put out a record on just about every kind of label that was imaginable. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Did 
the listening which was on abb which was a small independent label then i did uh connected which was on bbe which was like a right. bigger kind of indie then uh you know we did chitlin circuit which was right. on e1 which was like a, right. a big big i mean they were in that was a big yeah but yeah one of the big ones at that time they were one of the big boys you know what i mean and, yeah. we did, and so then we did atlantic uh we did the minstrel show and so the thing about it man like at the end of that period the thing i realized i was like yo i've done a record on just about every kind of label you can do a record on mm -hmm. and I'm still doing the same amount of fucking work right none of these labels have made my job easier easier <laughs> so i'm like shit if i'm gonna do all the fucking work nigga, i might well count all the goddamn money you know right exactly <laughs> if i'm the one working for this shit, so um so so that was kind of what drove it and so when me and nick started you know uh started fe music i mean that was just the first time that like i saw like i every month i'm seeing what i sold i'm getting statements i'm seeing like mm. financial transparency you know what i mean and right. uh, that just you know that that i mean it changed my life you know what i mean and right. um so is someone that just you know again outside from just an amazing musician and the brotherhood that we share he is just a beautiful person man just a beautiful just a beautiful loving uh insanely talented human being and uh his friendship you know is uh it has just made me a better man all the people that you're naming you know uh zo um you know uh poo you know and and nick you know i wouldn't be who i i, I was without these guys you know poo in particular me and him we joke because we like yo man after all these years of making records we've been making records like 18 damn years yeah but we we just became friends like two years ago <laughs> <laughs> like life like, will do that to you yo i mean you know i mean it, it's, it's real you know but um but yeah just the experience of going through what we went through with made a lord watch and just recording that album and um mm. i mean man that was, that was a that was a classic too and that was actually needed thank you brother it, and you know what bro I, i'll be real with you I didn't realize how needed it was until we did it, until it was over. You know, I was just like, this just, you know, enriched my life and filled my heart up in so many ways. And I think for me, finishing that record, um, you know, like I said, man, like in order for me to finish that record, I had to become a better person in every way. Like mm -hmm. everything about me had to be better because, you know, that was something that up until that point in time, I hadn't really hadn't worked on anything where the stakes were that high. Right. And uh, once we pulled that shit off and we got that shit right, we stuck the landing on that. I think me and Pooh both walked out of that like, yo, nigga, we ready for whatever. Man. Like, shit. <laughs> I'm just, like, I'm just talking about shit. I'm like, nigga, we came back goddamn 10 years later. It sound like we ain't missed a fucking step. We ain't, man, no, get the fuck out of here. Not, at, not at all. Not at all. You didn't miss so, a step at all. I mean, I mean, and, and I was I, I was a prime witness. You know, when you, when you performed live at Howard, you know, yeah, oh man, right there, right, right there on stage, and that place was sold out. And it, I mean, the energy in that building was crazy. Even you know the little tidbit when you know we had Pharaoh and the whole crew come through that same night. Yeah. It, it the energy in the building was crazy yeah man that was that was just a beautiful night and i remember us like talking that night before and like we was out you know what i mean and yeah like, yo, man, i was like yo it's 
I'm just here to work. Like, I, I wasn't even thinking on that level. I was like, I'm just here to do my job. And then we got on stage. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. My... But, um, but yeah, man, that was just a beautiful thing. So Pooh, you know, uh, Pooh and I, he's just one of those people that, you know, I've been on the phone with him because we've talked over this pandemic. Like, we've become so much closer. And our bond has just become so much stronger. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Because you know, it's this, I mean, this is a rough period in everyone's life. And, you know, we just had to lean on each other for a lot of different things. And it was things we were able to talk about and just unpack and just, you know, things that just really made us better. And right. the thing with who, man, it'll be times I'll be on the horn with him and he'll be talking or just breaking something down. And I'm just listening to him like, yo, who the fuck is this guy? Yo? Like, who, <laughs> like, who is this, just this brilliant mind? Like, mm. how? Who is this guy? Like, why? How did I, you? How did you miss? How did you miss all of this? How did I miss all of this? A hundred percent. And um, you know, man, and, and he's just been someone that, again, you know, I would not be. His friendship really, you, you know, made me the person I am. And uh, you know, the things we're working on now. You know, we got um, uh, Luke uh, on Dreamville. Big ups, my little brother yeah. Luke. You know what I'm saying? His record is coming. You know, and I've you know working with him on that. Uh, we just got other stuff working. And so now I think with LB at first, it was like, okay, we're doing this for us. We did make Lord watch and we did that. Now the focus is on, okay, who can we help? You know, mm. so, you know, Luke, we put on him, uh, well, you know, I, you know, helped him, you know, with stuff on his record, uh, Lyric Jones shot my girl, Lyric Jones. Yes. You know? Oh yeah. Shout out to Lyric, man. She, yeah. Man. Album, bro. <laughs> Thank you. Brother. Dope Thank album. You. She, she, yo, I ain't going to front. Like I've been trying to, We've been trying to work with each other for the longest because she's been trying to get out to, you know, the D.C. area at the time. You know what I'm saying? Most of the time, whenever she came through, she would come through with Rod Digger. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So when I seen that you had a part in what was going on with that joint and then just the, you know, the reception, I was like, man, it's, it's long overdue for Lyric, man. She's such a dope artist, man. Thank you so much, brother. Now she is, man. And, and that was something that, again, until I finished May the Lord Watch, I never would have had the confidence to approach another person's project in that way. Mm. You know, this I mean, working on your own stuff is your own stuff. And it's like, listen, if it if it go up, if it flop, whatever, eh, who gives a shit? It's mine. I live to fight another day. Right. But it's a whole nother responsibility when you have someone else's uh art and your their career kind of in your hands, you know, that's uh that's not something I take lightly at all, you know? And I was just like, listen, like, I want you to walk away from this shit, like feeling good, even mm. if we little, you know, we get into it or we don't see out of eye on certain songs, whatever. And we, and we argued about a lot of shit. Right. <laughs> we didn't see, it was some stuff that I was just like, no, this ain't gonna work. It was shit. She was like, she's like, no, fine, I won't do that. So, I mean, we had like our moments, you know, but it, at the end, it just made for this beautiful music. But at the end of the day, I wanted her to just walk away feeling proud and feeling like, you know, I, I understood that, you know, a lot of times when you're a, a veteran male artist working with the female artist, there's a power dynamic that's at play. And, right. you know, I, 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 in my mind, I was like, yo, man, if I don't get this right, I don't want motherfuckers walking away like, ah, man, like you didn't treat that with the same care as you treated charity or as you treated yeah, like FE yeah. record. Like, no, it's no, she got the same treatment as everybody, if not even more, you know what I'm saying? Just because I understood how important and how delicate of a project that was to that just was, be elevated. Yeah. Another black 
uh, a, a black woman in that way, and that and that shit meant a lot to me. So uh, yeah, big up to her, man. Big up to Lyric. That's family. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, your music, like I said, um, I can say I relate to hundred percent. You know, you talk about the hustle, you know, the pitfalls and dealing with the opposite sex, you know, finances, you know, <laughs> relationships. I mean, the whole kit and caboodle, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Do you feel that is somewhat your responsibility to rhyme about such things or, you know, is, is, that's just something you feel that needs to be put out, period, for, for you know, for the betterment of you? Uh. I wouldn't go as far as to say it's my responsibility, mm -hmm. uh, you know, but I definitely do think it's, uh, I don't know if I would say it's a responsibility. It, it, it just kind of feels like a calling, you know? Okay. Uh, like I remember, you know, again, like I'm a very, I can be, you know, a very cynical person and kind of isolated and just kind of hermit into myself. And, you know, like that's just my natural, um default setting right. just in alone in a room with no one just kind of writing or working on something you know that's mm -hmm. how i am and so when you live your life that way a lot of times you just you, you know you kind of have blinders on and i'll just have blinders on you know and um and so you're yeah. i'm totally oblivious to how my work showed up and how it affected other people and um this was something that i learned again this was a lesson i learned just in uh in doing foreign exchange so when we first started doing foreign exchange um like i first off another thing another little fun fact i fucking hate shooting videos like i hate them i hate them like right <laughs> <No. laughs> i i i know you can tell the people that i already know yeah, i know you're right you we we don't right. bro i fucking hate shooting videos with a i don't like it i just i don't care i just don't want to do it but um you know we started doing foreign exchange like okay well let's try to get some videos and shoot and so a lot of times, you know, I would just hire, I would just put my friends in the videos, you know what I mean? And, right. you know, that was just, you know, and I remember I read like an article of somebody that had, you know, or someone commented, I read it and they was just like, yo, I love it so much that how y'all use just, you know, black women in your videos, the way that you would use them. And that was something that in my mind i swear to god bro like i never even looked at it at that level mm -hmm. to me, it was just you know what i see what's out there right i see what's not out there and right. i want to go with that you know i right. mean i you know, at the time i just i knew just so many just incredible uh female artists and, and creators that i thought were just beautiful people i'm like yo I think you can work for this. Like, you want to give it a shot? I'll give you a shot. You know what I mean? Because I believe in this. You know what I mean? And um, but I never understood. To me, it was just, hey, these are my people. I'm gonna give you a shot. I didn't stop to think that they were like, yo, like, yo, you representing for us? Like, I didn't think it was that big of a thing. You know, to me, it's just shit. It's Thursday. You're shooting a video. You know? Right. And so um, I think that's where kind of the responsibility part of it kind of took root in my mind because it's like, okay. And this is, I mean, you know, this just as black people, we don't have the luxury of just representing ourselves. True you know, indeed. you know, we don't, we don't have that luxury. Everything we do, white boys can shoot up schools, malls, churches. Say it again. The face of terror will never be a skinny white boy in a trench coat. Thank you. The face of terror is going to look like me or you. Me. You know. Yeah. So we don't have that luxury. You right. know what I mean? 
we don't have that luxury. So I think that's kind of where, while I don't feel, quote unquote, it's my responsibility, I do understand that um, now more than ever, just, you know, as I'm, you know, in my forties, I realize more than ever that like the things I say and the things I do, that they resonate in a way. And so because of that, I don't want to put out anything that just feels irresponsible. You know exactly. what I mean? Like you yeah. can listen, you can say whatever, like, you you know, I people talk about cancel culture and all this. This is like, look, man, listen, you know, you can get out here. You can say what you want. You right. just can't be in no frivolous shit. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like yeah. you, you can't be out here just running your mouth, just saying some, just some old rabble rousing shit. You know, like if, if you have an, an opinion that you want to express, if it is an informed one and is a uh, uh, one that's you know rooted in something, then and I mean, some, yeah, some actual knowledge. Yeah, like some real knowledge. But you just out here just saying whatever. Like it's a wrap for that shit. You just can't right. do that. So for me, with, with when creating. I'm just always thinking of like, man, I'm gonna tell my truth. I'm gonna always be honest about it. But I also realized that they, these these words travel further than I ever imagined. And um, that's uh, something that it, it weighs on me more and more um, as I get older. Cause you know, it's like, it's not a fear of wanting to say the wrong thing. Right. It's always like, yo, let me make this shit as clear as I possibly motherfucking can. <laughs> <laughs> to, to create less room for misinterpretation let me say this shit you know just straight no chase i'm gonna tell you what it is and and that be that so um, well i think i mean i think that's you know one of the reasons why people love you so much tay because you know you're you're basically truthful with what you say and your energy puts forth that you know what i'm saying you. and people can resonate with that you know what i'm saying so Thank you, bro. I mean, you know, I, you know, man, I, I, I tell folks, you know, I'm like, listen, you know, I don't really, when it comes to me, just in the way that I do music and create, um, because people always ask, well, you, do you want to be bigger? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do this, that, and whatever? And the thing I always want people to understand, and I'm glad, I'm so thankful I could do it, you know, in the space with you, you know, what I'm yeah, saying, bro. And, but you know, man, the thing I, I always want people to understand, the choices where i'm at in my career it is by choice like it is 100 percent by choice you know um yeah after we got off atlanta i had all the opportunities i could have signed another major label deal like i could have you know it was all kind of opportunities that i could have i could have taken but they just didn't feel true to me and um right. you know and if it wasn't true to me i know it wasn't going to be true to the people because and a label i mean they they want to exploit you and that's not in a negative way but you know they want to exploit you and get you and do as many things and right. i'm just not that person there's a lot of shit i ain't fucking doing you know right. so it didn't make no sense for an artist like me to sign to a label just because i'm not that guy i don't i'm not doing all that and um and it was and that was a choice and so the way i do now the way i do my music just the way i create this is the easiest way for me to create in this way because by creating in this way oh shit oh okay i'm back okay okay all right my joint it kind of went out a little bit um nah man i mean you know the, the thing i realized was just like yo me doing music this way this allows me to do music and still enjoy my life yes you know what i'm saying like i really can do what i do and create the things i want to create put them out to the world i get to make beautiful music with people i love and cherish and 
I still get to enjoy my life. I still get to, you know, watch my kids grow up. I still get to be a dad. I still get to be a husband. I still get to, you know, if I just want to go, you know, to the grocery store, you know, right. or I, I can just still live a, a regular life. And um, that for me is, um, that's what feels like balance. And so I just, I just kind of stay in that place. It's a beautiful thing, bro. Um, so, I mean, would you, you know, just saying all of that, you know, loving being home and creating, you know, uh, what's next on the horizon for you? Is there any new more, any more music to release or are oh. you just chilling? <laughs> it's a lot of shit now, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. we, we, we've been cooking, man. So, um, yeah, uh, first up, I think the most immediate thing, like we got Zoe's, uh, Zoe and Tall Black Guy. Uh, yes, their sir. record, Abstractions, is coming. Yes, sir. Gorgeous. Uh, that's coming. Grown folk music, man. Man, listen, brother. Hey, I, I, I can only create from where I'm at. You know what I mean? Like, yes, so, sir. Yeah, so that's coming. Great, great record. Uh, my girl, shout my girl, be my fiasco. Um, if you're follow, not following her on IG, uh, follow her IG, Twitter, be my fiasco, B E M I fiasco, M Y fiasco. Um, we're working on her record that's coming. Um, I got. Uh, we're working on my girl Sa Smith. Her new shit is coming. Uh, Carmen Rogers, uh, Nick is overseeing her record, and so yeah. we're working on that. Her Hello Human Volume One is out now, and her I think Carmen's birthday is today too. So shout out to her. Happy birthday to Carmen, and uh, and also happy birthday to Lettucey. They got the same birthday. It's crazy enough. Okay. Uh, I think it was a little delay, but um, yeah. So that uh carmen is coming um and then you know my brother uh, d brock darian he's back we we yeah. back we cooking up you know what i'm saying up. it is coming and uh and i'm always in the middle of all these things i always just kind of find little stuff for myself <laughs> you know now, now there's one person i i wanted to talk about that i totally slept on like a big dummy man Devin morrison he's what was that? I was like, I want to talk about one person who I slept on big time. And uh -oh. I found out through your music, Devin Morrison. Oh, my God. Devin Morrison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Devin is little bro, man. Woo! Yo, Devin, bro. Like, so Devin, Devin came to me. Uh, I want to say it was a brother on Twitter that mm -hmm. just, like, posted some of his shit one time. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit, like, this nigga dope. And so dope. I heard him on Twitter. And then, like, I, I want to say a couple months later, I was building uh, with my brother, Like. Shout out my brother, Like, from uh, from Pac Div, from Pacific Division. Um, you know, that's my man. Like, we always been cool, just a real good brother. Me and him was building on some shit. And so I got I got some records coming on. His 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 album is coming, I think, later this year. And I, I got some shit on coming on that, too. But anyway, he's... Okay. And one of the records he sent me, it was just an instrumental, and it was called Beverly Hills. And so I was like, all right. <laughs> so a lot of times, what I'll do just when I'm writing songs, because, you know, producers will send you, they'll name a song, or they'll name a track, whatever, right? right? Call it just yeah. a dummy. So a lot of times what I'll do, I'll work backwards and write based on that title. You know what I mean? It, so, if it, you know, and I just thought, Beverly Hills, like, oh, this is, this could be an interesting concept. So I wrote the song and um and originally like I think was gonna rhyme on it, but he didn't. He was like, nah, and he's like, nah, this shit hard. 
I was like, well, yo, man, well, what about, you know, Devin? Because Devin was one of the, he's actually playing keys on that joint. He co-produced it. Mm. it was Devin and uh, shout out to Swarvy as well, uh, the homie Swarvy. Okay. He played bass on that. But um, shout out to them, them brothers, man. They're incredible. And so I did it, and I was like, I'm going to leave the space open. Let me reach out to Devin. Maybe he want to sing on it. And he did. And, man, uh, did. you know, he, he hung. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man. That, that hey, man, like, one though, of the he, top verses, man, of all time, bro. <laughs> one of the top. Oh my goodness, man. When he hit, when he hit the part, uh, when she said, uh, she forgot my name and said, "Black guys are totally chill." <laughs> Push my plans to walk away. <laughs> Told the waiter she would cover the bill. Yeah, I love it. I love. Oh, it. I, I was, I was great. done. <laughs> Yeah, he's a monster, man. I, I love that dude, man. He's so talented. We, I was in LA. It was around the time when me and uh, Pooh, we were working on May Lord Watch. We was out meeting with a couple producers, and uh, I pulled up on him at the crib, and uh, me and him was in the crib, and uh, he was playing me shit, and I was like, "Hey, nigga," I said, "Man, we need to eat something. We order some." <laughs> <laughs> so me, so me, we sitting here busting down the goddamn wing stop, and we playing, he playing me shit like he. That's like. That's my brother, man. Devin is a beautiful dude, loving to death, super talented. Yeah, man. It just seems like everybody you, you know, you you come in contact with or you're working with, it just has some beautiful energy. And, you know, we're, you know, thankful to be on the receiving end of that. Man, I, I sincerely appreciate that, man. And I, you know, I, I I really appreciate hearing you say that because I I think I'm just at a point in my life now where I realize, you know, success to me, it just means I get to pick my own shots. You know what Word. I'm saying? And, and I get to pick my personnel. And, you know, when you talk about, you know, people that you work with, with them being beautiful people, I mean, that's what it is. You know, and we try to hope that energy comes through in the music just because, you know, I mean, man, I, I don't, I didn't, can't, I didn't come to Sparta to have to work with assholes. You know what I'm True saying? Indeed. True indeed. Work in a, in a toxic or, uh, you know, just, just an unhealthy environment. It's like, bro, when you're doing this shit, Sometimes the only payment you might get is the fucking work itself. You know what right. I mean? We right. sit in the studio, the men's old making something, and at the end of the, we like, yo, nigga, this shit is fucking crazy. That may be the only payment you get from that. You know what I'm saying? Right. You could right. that song out, it's crazy, and that shit could just be a dud. You know what I mean? Right. So a lot of times the only real fulfillment you get is the process. It's not even in mm -hmm. the... the it's the process is the beautiful part of it. And so because that's the most fulfilling part, I'm at a point in my life where I only want to go through that shit with people I love and respect, you know, True. And people yeah. who, who are giving and people, you know, who are open and receptive. Like, I don't, yeah, I ain't going to deal with that silly shit. Like, nah. Yeah. No doubt. Bro, man, shit. Bro, man, shit. All right, man. Well, like, like I said, you know, fun, like, I, I want to thank you, man, for joining me and, you know, taking your time out, even while, you know, you're grubbing on your God degree. You know what I'm saying? Hey, man, I got it done. We we good now, baby. We still in the world. Yeah, we, we, we good now, baby. <laughs> I, I just I, I just took another name. It, that was Roy Lee 8. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Roy Lee, producer extraordinaire. Yes, uh, yes, yeah. man. My, my brother, Fonte, man, yo, thank you so much, man, just for being, uh, you know, a positive impact you know, in people's lives, but just in my life personally, man, like, you know, I love you like a big brother, you know what I'm saying? And, 
you know, it's just always good to genuinely tap in with you, you know, just to check in and see how life is going or when you got a, a joke that you want to share, you know, things of that nature. So, <laughs> I will not tell that joke on the air, but I know exactly what joke you're talking about. I'm not going to tell exactly, it. Exactly. Not, yeah. That's not yeah. for IG consumption. It's just not. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're not going to put that out there. But again, man, brother, I, I thank you so much, man. Continued, you know, health, continued wealthness and continued success in all you do. And I know once this, you know, this thing is over, you know, I, I, I hope, in, you know, building fast that you and I get together and actually, you know, building physical and just, you know, spend some time with each other, man. No, absolutely, brother. You know, it's this was this was a great time, man. Like I said, you know, I don't do this very often. You know, I'm just kind of to myself. But you know, when you called, I came. Bottom line. So uh, I just thank you just for always just being a real one, just always being a genuine dude. And you know, even when we first met, I was just like, it's just you just connect. I'm like, yeah, I I, I fuck with him. Like we we get each other. You know. <laughs> yeah, so, indeed, bro. Indeed, anything, man. Thing I'm here for. Anything I can help you with, brother. You know, I'm here and, you know, I love and appreciate you, man. Thank you for everything. It's greatly appreciated, man. I love you, bro, man. I'm going to let you get back to your Sunday, man. Peace to the family, your queen, everybody. Tell everyone I said hello. And, Absolutely. Um, we'll definitely tap in again, okay? For sure. And everybody listening, thank y'all for tuning in for this. I know this, I don't know, like, how nerdy y'all wanted this shit to get. But um, but, but thank y'all for tapping in, man. And, uh, yeah, I see a lot of people asking about Effie and Eric. Well, me and Eric Roberson. I actually had to call Arrow later on. We were supposed to talk. Yeah. But, but yeah, but that's mm -hmm. definitely Arrow, another one, my brother. Uh, just yeah. incredible songwriter. I learned so much from uh, Big Bro. I love him to death. Um, so yeah, we got a lot of stuff coming. And just thank y'all for taking time out of your night, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, my brother, man. Peace to everything you're doing, man. Salute, brother. We're wrapped. All right, salute. Peace. Oh, man, man. Thank you to everybody, man, to come back for the second part of Chopping It Up with the Conduit, episode seven with my brother, Fon Tigolo, Pastor Tigolo um shout out to my executive producer mika you are the best shout out to my team adam and myron you know uh thank you for everybody just tuning in on your sundays and taking time out with me um we are on spotify we are on apple and we are on soundcloud and we are also on podcast on vivo please subscribe please comment please share you know tell a friend tell a friend we're just trying to do something organic here for the people, you know what I'm saying? And again, man, continue to wear your mask, practice social distancing, you know, check on your loved ones and always be good to one another. Again, man, thanks for uh, tapping in with me. Peace. I don't trick, I treat, trap out your house A loyalty bought designer, won't renew your lease Now you got a mansion and China, watch I never dream of first name